Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Grief is something that will unfortunately face us all at one time or another. However, it can be particularly hard to deal with the loss of a loved one to suicide. Sheila Stapleton from HUG, Limerick's peer suicide support group, is with us now to talk about grief, uh, the grief of losing a loved one to suicide. And they held an event recently in Limerick. And good morning to you, Sheila. Good morning, Joe. Thanks very much for your time today. No problem whatsoever. So uh, HUG, that's H-U-G-G, tell us a bit more about it and why it's important. Of course. Um, Well, HUG is a national suicide bereavement charity and ultimately we provide support groups led by trained volunteers who've got a lived experience of suicide loss. Um, And this service is provided to adults bereaved by suicide. Um, We also provide information and resources on suicide bereavement. We host um, some free events, just as as you mentioned, the one like last Saturday um, on living with suicide grief. And we also host an annual remembrance of to honour and remember those that have died by suicide. Um, We've got lots of resources on our website um, and a newsletter that people can sign up to to stay connected with. It's remarkable to hear you say that your volunteers are people who have a lived experience uh, of coping with suicide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's quite unique in a sense that recognising the uh, the impact that a, a loss to suicide can have and how important it is to be able to relate to others who share that lived experience with you. It can be hugely comforting um, for obvious reasons, but it also gives people a sense of um, knowing that they can find hope you know when you're when you're you know sat opposite somebody who has a lived experience and perhaps is a bit further along their journey than yourselves um can can be really hopeful and and look towards you know a, a healing process um so it's 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 a massive uh, a massive part of who we are that peer support Sheila can you tell us a bit about your own story yeah, sure, Joe. Um, sadly, I lost my brother Billy to suicide um, in 1996. He was 21 years old at the time. Um, and then that was uh, followed by four very short years uh, by the suicide of my 15-year-old brother Wayne. So losing two brothers within a four-year period um, and, and and in the month of March, which uh, was hugely impactful. Um, it's life-changing, to say the least, um, and I know if any of your listeners there who being p- bereaved by suicide themselves will, will really appreciate you, uh, you. You don't know what to expect. It can feel very uh, out of control. Um, it's a tsunami of emotions. Um, you know, it's a difficult loss. Uh, I mean, bereavement's difficult anyway. But and even though a suicide loss shares characteristics with other bereavements, it's different. Uh, there's a huge sense of isolation, um, often a sense of stigma, personal shame. Um, and as I say, the, the increased social isolation following the death of a loved one can, you know, can avoid, you can, it can prevent you from reaching out to get support or speaking to others about that loss. Um, lots of unanswered questions in many cases, um, a sense of blame, self-reproach. Um, so the importance of connecting and being in the company of others who understand this grief can be, can be life-saving for some people. Yeah. Um, I've often heard people say as they've left a hug support group meeting saying, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this group. So hugely, hugely important yeah. to have that level of support. We're talking to Sheila Stapleton from HUG. Um, what age were you uh, when 
these happened? Yeah, so when Billy died, I was 26, Joe, and um, I was probably your unconventional 26-year-old. I was travelling around or backpacking around Australia at the time um, and received that phone call on the other side of the world, literally, um, and uh, to, to, to sort of embark on a, a two-day journey just to get back to be with the family was, as I said, it was, it was, life, it was life-changing. Um, being the eldest daughter of uh, siblings, uh, six siblings, you know, you, you take on a sense of responsibility to protect and look after your other siblings and your parent and um, whilst trying to deal with your own loss yourself. Um, and, and you know, often it's said that the first year is, is the hardest, but I think the first year is very much about practicalities and, and getting through, you know, funerals, inquests, uh, et cetera. Um, and it's often, sort of, you know, you feel that an impact, you know, in second year and often the third year, it, it's, it's, a different, it's a different transition of your grief. So having, again, support around you is, is hugely important um, to, to promote a sense of hope and healing after that loss. Um, and as I said, it was um, as, as we were coming to terms as a family, if there's ever such a thing. But as you come to terms and uh, begin to process the enormity of what that means um, of having a loss like that uh, in your family, you you know you you start to, to build your grief around that loss. But we were trying to do that, and we were on our way to making um, that transition. And sadly, it happened again. Um, yeah, double whammy. I don't think there's actually any words in the dictionary that can describe the the the, the, the sort of the second impact. Um, and you and you deal with it in a very different way. And I think you notice that your family deals with it in a different way. Um, there's no linear pattern. You know, one of the things we talked about at our event last week. There is no linear pattern. You know, family members, friendship circles. We all grieve in a very different different way. And it's important to recognise that we do um, because. Because even though ultimately we've lost the same person, our attachment and our relationship with that person will be unique to us. Um, so there's not, no right or wrong way. It's just that we'll be different. And it's really important to recognize mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, so losing two brothers within a four-year um, age gap and younger brothers, it, you know, for me as a sibling and certainly as an older sister was very much a sense that I was out of control. I always used to think I could do and, you know, change the world. But I was 26 when Bill died and, and obviously just turned 30 when, when Wayne died. So it's a... Uh, it's a, it's yeah. It's although it's almost half a lifetime away. It's it's obviously very much there with you. Yeah, um, because you were saying that you're heading into the anniversary month. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, Billy died on the fifteenth of March, and Wayne died on the twelfth. Um, so there's three days apart from their anniversaries, which again is it's a really difficult week, uh, regardless of the years that have gone by. But you learn to cope and deal with that, with that, um, with those anniversaries, with those significant dates in a, in a different way. Um, you know, life, life changes you know life happens when my brothers died we didn't have nephews or nieces we have now and that that takes on another level of life if you like um, and how you learn to build your life around that particular grief um, and it's interesting because Billy's anniversary falls on my niece's birthday um, and for me, my way of coping with that, because it's a, it's a very bittersweet day, because obviously I want to honour my brother on the day that he died, but I also want to celebrate the birth of my niece, who I'm extremely close to. Um, so what I do, and this is a personal thing, is in the morning, I celebrate Billy's life. And then in the afternoon, I celebrate my niece's life. Yes. So it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about learning ways. Uh, yeah, We're talking to Sheila Stapleton from... Uh, hug. Um, the other thing that I, I wonder about, you know, 
for somebody like you who has experienced this, um, do you have a sense of a change in society's approach over the years? Um, I mean, I'm not an expert, Joe, in a sense of, of, of all that on the outside, but certainly from my own experience, society has got better. I mean, obviously, you can tell from my accent, um, I was I was born and in, in, raised in the UK, but my family are Irish, hence my reason for being here in, in County Limerick. Um, and both in the UK and here, there have been some changes, thank goodness. Um, but we know that there still is a lot of work to be done. Um you know, we know there's an urgent need for the services. And every year it's estimated that over 500 people die here in Ireland by suicide. But the impact is far wider. And that in itself, you know, suggests that for every loss, for every suicide loss, at least 135 people are impacted. Sometimes more, particularly if that person's been in, you know, sort of social media or media, you know, a famous person, for instance. So that's that's an approximate 60,000 people, loved ones and friends that are impacted on a yearly basis here in Ireland. So we need to be more open. We need to be more aware. We need to diminish stigma and taboo and get people talking about the importance of obviously suicide prevention. But, you know, what we're doing as a, as a, a national suicide bereavement charity is ultimately postvention as well. Um, and what I mean by that is that a study that was done by the National Suicide Research Foundation found that after participating in a, a hug group, for instance, um, people you know, said that they experienced a significant improvement in their overall mental well-being. Because of, of the impact that that can have, it's so important to have a postvention service like ourselves um, to make sure that we are looking after each other um, and getting people talking and making sure that they're reaching out for that support as well. Yeah, and uh, I think you had over 60 people at your event in Limerick. We certainly did, yeah. As I said, we, you know, recognising the need for for bereavement, suicide bereavement support in Limerick, we hosted a free information event um, on suicide grief. It was called Finding Hope and Healing After Suicide. And really it was about having that compassionate conversation around suicide grief, Joe. And we were absolutely wowed by, you know, at least between 60 and 17 pe- 70 people took their time out on Saturday to learn more about suicide grief. And there was such an engaging uh, group of people um, and they were keen to to hear about coping with this type of loss and what support was available. Um, we had a guest speaker, um, Brian Nolan. He's an expert on or specialist on grief and loss. And he talked about the impact of suicide loss on the common feelings and emotions that people experienced. And, and what was really important, he highlighted that we all grieve differently. Um, as I said earlier, no, no, you know, no linear stages. He offered suggestions on how to cope with this type of loss for example you know using journaling or the power of spending time in nature which we we all know is has got huge um health benefits for us exercising breathing exercising but most importantly is saying the name of your loved one to break the silence around suicide and to remember how they lived not just how they died and certainly in the early days of, of losing someone to suicide, Joe, that is all, that's that's all encompassing. That's all you think about naturally. You know, it's traumatic, it's devastating, it's heartbreaking. But the importance of, of remembering how they lived is a really positive step to, you know, to finding that hope and that healing after losing someone in this, in this way. Um, and, and I mean, what about the loss of someone's potential as well, if you see what I mean, you know? all the things that they could have done 
in their life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean that's a natural part of grief. Um, and I think regardless of, regardless of how you lose, some, lose someone, but, you know, particularly with suicide, there's so many layers. There's so many complexities attached and associated to that loss. And you do, you know, and I can only speak from my own experience. You know, I'm not an expert in suicide bereavement, but I'm an expert in my own journey. Um, and you do, you know, you, you hear certain things on the radio, like a song or you see a new car that's been driven down the road. And both my brothers were big into their, you know, their cars and um, animals, particularly Billy, we loved animals. And, and just all those things you think of what could have been, you know, where would they be now? What would they be doing? Would they have family? Would they have children? What would their jobs be? Um, and all those sorts of things. But you, you then see the other side, you think, okay, I can think about those things and that's really healthy. But what's more important is that what can I do with this now? And that's my, as I said, that's very much about my personal journey. What can I do to, you know, not bring them back because I know I can't, but what can I do to make a difference? How can I stand beside somebody else who's traveling this absolutely life-changing road and support them to the best of my ability? And what would your biggest message be this morning to listeners about all of this? Um, I suppose is, you know, surround yourself with as much support as you possibly can. And that's naturally that comes as, as part and parcel of any new bereavement. You know, when we lose someone, neighbours, friends are very great at, you know, rallying around. And that's that's brilliant. But obviously, as time goes on, things change and, and people um, go back to their, their lives and, and you, you find yourself there in this grief and not knowing where to turn um certainly reach out for support we've got lots of resources on our website but also you know hug is there for anybody over 18 that's been bereaved by suicide that just want to you know to surround themselves with that support as i said and 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 learn ways of building their life around that grief right and Uh, journeying on and 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 people can um find out more about hug i presume online Absolutely. So if you go to hug.ie, www.hug.ie, and you can learn about different resources on there. But if you wanted to join one of our groups, we've got 17 support groups nationwide, Joe, both in person and online. Um, We've also got information, as I said, and resources um, on our website. So if anybody's interested in joining the group, they just need to complete a join a group form. So it's it's a, a simple registration form, and that comes through to myself. Um, and I, I'm the first point of contact for anybody that's reaching out to our service in terms of, of joining one of our support groups. Um, and we'll get them, we'll get them linked into one of their local groups. And if there's not a local one, we'll get them to a group online. Okay. Um, and it's hug with two G's, uh, hug. It is indeed. Yeah. Okay. Sheila Stapleton, listen, thank you very much for talking to us about all of that. You know, we are very aware that this unfortunately is something that impacts maybe far more people than we realise in Limerick. Uh, So we really do appreciate your time and contribution this morning. That is Sheila Stapleton from Hug. Your views, your news, your